0: Hey, welcome back to the C3 Podcast. This is John McKinley, your host. And this week, Pastor Robin continuing our series, A Year to Thrive. Here's a short clip of that. David wasn't there to fight Goliath. He didn't go there to make a name for himself. He wasn't delivering weapons or vital information about the enemy. No, David showed up at his father's request to serve cheese sandwiches. We hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like, Go to c 3 potstowncom and plan a visit to join us in person next Sunday. Just before I got to con- the conclusion of last week's message, I told you that uh, we're going to talk more today about fighting your Goliath. Goliath was described as a champion. He held the title. But you remember what David had? David had a testimony. So people who thrive usually have to face a giant or two as they're walking in their Christian walk. And if you've walked by faith very long, there comes a time when an intimidating, overbearing giant shows up. And it's often unexpectedly. We're told that Goliath was nine feet tall hey that's no trivial detail but you know something size and height matter when you're fighting battles of faith our giants pop up in all kinds of forms usually problems bad news maybe a scary diagnosis or financial calamity or some sort of marital strife or secret sin Or anything else that stops us in our tracks. No matter how and when your giant shows up. At that time, it represents the biggest challenge of your life. So we're going to get right into your notes this morning. If you're following along with your notes, I'm starting them right now. The size of our giants matter. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says... Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. We also, he also wore a bronze leg armor and carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. Now, 15 pounds doesn't sound like a whole lot, but let someone hurl something, a 15 pounder with a point at the end of it, and you'll feel it. The enemy, once you to lose your focus. He wants you to lose your focus on where you're headed, and when you become distra- and, and you become distracted, and then you become discouraged. He doesn't want you to see the glory on the other side of whatever issue you're dealing with. You know something, if, if I stand behind someone taller than me bigger than I am. I know that'd be hard to imagine, someone bigger than I am. But let's say, all right, let's, let's use Levi as an example. If Levi were standing behind me, <laughs> someone taller, someone bigger, you'd have a hard time seeing him, wouldn't you? This is the devil's objective. To obstruct others' ability to see Christ in you with you, and through you. If the enemy can hide you behind a giant obstacle, then he has disabled your testimony, he undermines your anointing, and he hinders your destiny. Not only that, the enemy also sends a giant to block your path so you temporarily are able to unsee what's ahead of you. I mean, think about, one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest issues that you've ever faced. You have a hard time seeing beyond that. Well, he's aware of, what's the, of what is in front of you. And he knows that what's in front of you is much greater than what's behind you. Here's the thing. The size of your giant is proportional to the size of your blessing. Goliath was big. He was overbearing, intimidating. Yet David, I'm sorry, Goliath made David famous. He expanded David's testimony and defeating Goliath made David a thriver. That's what we're talking about this year. Thriving in God. David became a a thriver because he defeated his giant. Friends, if, if something stands Uh, Something big stands in your way. It's only because you're about to step into something amazing. Please understand that giants come to block. They come to view. They want to block your view. They want to obstruct your vision. But remember, the bigger the future God has for you, the bigger the giant the enemy will send in your way. God doesn't send those things in your way. He might allow them, but the enemy comes against you. So no matter what you're facing or how uncertain or unequipped you may feel about the battlefield God is calling you, don't forget that big problems mean bigger promises. Big battles lead to bigger conquests. Big adversity means bigger accomplishment. And as you transform, uh, and as you transition from surviving to thriving, no matter how big, how overbearing, or how tall your giant may be, the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name will help you as that giant falls. And you know the old saying, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Amen. Amen. So rather than complaining and stressing and attempting to control the circumstances when a giant appears, thank God for what's about to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's inside of you is greater than everything outside of you. Giants have the size, but you... Have the Spirit. Hallelujah. Well, I thought you'd like this next title and point number two The Truth About Lies. <laughs> Listen to what Jesus said, and it's recorded in John 8. The devil was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he is a liar. And the father of lies. The devil only speaks in his native language of lies. He says, what he says is more powerful than what he does. Listen to what I'm saying to you, friends. What he says is more powerful than what he does. You see, his strategy is one of psychological warfare, false propaganda, and fear-inducing intimidation. He'll stop us in our own tracks by the very words that he says to us. Unless you live by grace through faith and holiness, the enemy's words will demoralize and terrify you. One of his tactics is to distort the truth. He distorts the truth so much that he'll tweak it that it sounds ever so slightly true and then you'll think well maybe he was right but remember the devil lies all the time he lies when he says you're not going to heaven he lies when he says your family's not going to get saved He lies when he says that God doesn't listen to you and you're never gonna be happy. You're never gonna be holy. He lies to you when he says you're never gonna get healed. So, how do you overcome his lies? With the truth of God's word. And I think that we need to say these things right now. I am saved. My family will be saved. God listens and answers every prayer. It's, it's right up here. Now I know that I, I had God listens and He answers prayer, and then I added the, the the and I, I mean does, and I forgot to take the s off the listens. So I know that's grammatically wrong. Okay so so let's say god does listen and he answers so let's say it together i am saved my family will be saved god does listen and he answers let's say it again i am saved my family will be saved god does listen and he answers hallelujah don't you feel good already yeah hallelujah Glory to the name of Jesus. Hey, it's in your notes. If you're not following along with notes this morning, pick up a copy so you have that to take with you. Glory to the name of Jesus. By the way, you will keep the enemy's lies going unless you take action. What do you need to do? The next point. Don't give in to defeat before the battle is over. You know, when when we... Read the scriptures. We know that Jesus wins the war, don't we? But he wins the battles along the way. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Don't give up before the battle's over. You repeat the lie when you say that your child is an alcoholic or a drug, drug uh, uh, hooked on drugs or whatever. You repeat the lie when you agree that you're never going to make it. You repeat the lie when you say that you're never going to be free, you're never going to be happy, or you'll never be holy. God wants you to thrive so you will never bow down to the enemy's tactics of intimidation. Why? Because God has won, and you are victorious in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thrivers dwell on the truth of God's word. Closing any openings where the devil might have a foothold. Listen to what Paul told us in Philippians. He said, God gives, you the str- gives us the strategy for keeping our minds focused on the truth. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next point. If you want to thrive, you'll love to to serve. Serving means obeying God's Spirit, it means doing what God needs you to do at the moment. And not when you're in the mood to or when you want to do it in front of someone so they see what you're doing. I remember one time I was helping Papworth, my neighbor across the street. He was my spiritual dad. I remember helping him. We were building a, a house together and got a phone call. Wanted to go, uh, they wanted, us to go, or wanted him to go visit this person in the hospital. And we were in the middle of something, and he, he almost went to work at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so we would work on the house in the morning. And, and uh, we're working along, and all of a sudden I saw him just untie his, his um, pouch, his nail pouch. He says, we've got to go to the hospital. I said, really? He says, yeah. He says, I was going to put it off until right before I went to work. He says, but God's dealing with me so much. He says, we need to do it right now. So we went to the hospital, and we went to see the guy that they wanted us to go see. And, and uh, this guy didn't want to see us. He didn't, want to, he didn't want to talk about the Lord. He didn't want anything to do with us. And you wonder, why in the world did, was the Holy Spirit dealing with Papworth so much that we needed to leave at that very moment? But when we were leaving, we passed the, the other bed and the other guy. And Pat looked down and says, "Would you like us to pray for you?" And the guy gave his heart to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do it when God wants it done, not when it is convenient for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's get back to David. You know what David was that day? David was just an errand boy. He was delivering snacks. He had no idea what was going on in the battlefield. He didn't know for 40 days this Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. David wasn't there to fight Goliath. He didn't go there to make a name for himself. He wasn't delivering weapons or vital information about the enemy. No, David showed up at his father's request to serve cheese sandwiches. That was the only reason David happened to be on the front line and ending up, uh, he ended up uh, fighting Goliath because he, wa- he was there to serve. Uh, he, he initially went. It wasn't dangerous. It wasn't dramatic or important. He went to deliver bread and cheese. You know, a party platter from Panera Bread. Why is this important? Because God is not looking for superstars. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's not looking for people to seek the limelight. He's looking for a bunch of shepherds who are willing to serve cheese sandwiches. If you can serve on the front line, then you qualify for the championship fight. We, we can't de- defeat the giant unless we serve those who are already in battle. Do you want victory over your, bat- over your giant? Find someone facing a similar giant and serve them. Listen to what we're told in Peter. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another friends, thrivers help others be survivors our last point this morning thrivers take care of the now before stepping into the next now I'm going to tell something on my wife God spoke to her about over a week ago about being anxious and she's a very anxious person. And she'll say something to me, and I've said it a couple times now. I've said, didn't God tell you not to be anxious? And I even told her this morning, I says, I think you're anxious about not being anxious. (laughs) But the whole thing here is, we've got to take care of the now before we move to the next. God will show you that honor your present responsibilities or show God that he you'll honor your present responsibilities. David didn't neglect his responsibilities as a shepherd before he left for the front line. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, so David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gift as Jesse has directed him. He left the flock in the care of a shepherd, knowing that those sheep were his responsibility and he couldn't just abandon them. When you're facing your giant, show God that you will honor your present responsibilities before you embrace your next opportunities. Let's say you're, you're asking God for a new house. He's wanting to know, what are you doing with the home you have right now? You want a new car for safety, safer and more reliable transportation. But God wants to know how you have stewarded your vehicle that you already have. You're asking God for a new job. And he's looking at the quality of the work that you're doing in your old job. We have to be faithful with the now before we're favored with the next. Show God that you're not just jumping from season to season and opportunity to opportunity. You have to honor your current responsibilities before you embrace new opportunities. And you need to do it thoughtfully. You see, David didn't place his sheep in the hands of an auto mechanic. You know why? Because they didn't even have cars back then. Nobody knew the firing order of a six-cylinder, did they? No, he placed them in the hands of a shepherd. So don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. Thrivers, remember where they have been in order to remove obstacles to to where they're going. Back in 1 Samuel, it says, uh, This is David talking to Saul, okay? The word got to Saul that David is saying, I could beat that giant. And here's what David told Saul. He says, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. David knew that God did it before, and there was no reason why he wouldn't do it again. Hallelujah. 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 You see, thriving in the power of the Holy Spirit requires remembering your miracles along the way. Don't ever forget to remember where God has brought you out of. You don't have to think about what you did back then. What you have to think about is the power that brought you out of that. Don't forget that place, what that place felt like and what it looked like and what it even smelled like don't lose sight of where you might be if it wasn't for god rescuing you you see jesus himself provided us with such a a powerful reminder when he said at the upper room that night when they had the last supper he says this is my body which is given for you and then what did he say he says do this in remembrance of me so why do we remember what God took us, when God took us uh, out of where we were before? Because it reminds us of the power and the strength, the hope and the faith and the joy and the peace. It reminds us of the resources that are within our access right now. That's what David was saying. David says, Saul, I don't need your, your armor. I don't need any of this stuff. I, it's not even proven for me. What I need is what God gave me before. And he went and got five smooth stones. Now, he wasn't concerned about missing Goliath, okay? He was more concerned about his four other brothers. I don't know if that's true or not. But anyhow, the same God that blessed Abraham is ready to bless you. The same God that made Joseph's dream of reality is ready to make yours come true. The same God that placed his DNA on the blind man is ready to open your eyes to his glory. The same God uh, that filled the upper room with the Holy Spirit is ready to fill your life with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Why? Because he did it before and he will do it again. So get ready to defeat your enemy. Get ready to defeat that uh, the enemy of your God-ordained destiny and purpose. Get ready to experience the greatest breakthrough and step into the season of the fulfillment and favor of God. Why? Because God knows how to help you and he knows what must be done. And you have his uh, source of miraculous power inside of you, which is the same faith that fueled David's impossible victory over that nine foot giant. Hallelujah. You have everything you need to thrive so you have mountains that um, need moving you have the faith that moves mountains and a shout that brings down walls. You have a joy that can't be explained and a peace that passes all understanding. You have a grace that's all sufficient for anything that you need with an anointing that destroys the enemy's yoke. You have a gift that can't be revoked and a destiny that can't be stopped. You have a purpose that will be fulfilled, a love that expels all fear and mercies that are new every morning. You have the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! Worship him this morning. Worship him this morning. Glory to your wonderful name. Hallelujah. Are you ready to thrive? Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially to spread the gospel further, please go to c3outlet.com slash give. Have a great week.